guess what day it is. It's Wednesday, it's Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Wednesday. It's Best of Adam's Podcast. That's like the coolest thing I ever heard. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a good day on this beautiful Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's to all the people who, you know, celebrate that little holiday. Hope you got your flowers, your chocolates, your cards ready for your significant others. Today is more than just Valentine's Day for me, though. It's a big day. It's a big day for everybody. Now, I know you might be thinking, yeah, it's a big day. It's Wednesday. It's Pastor Adam's podcast. Yeah, I get that. But it's even bigger for me. That being, today is also my anniversary. And it's just not any anniversary. It's a milestone anniversary. 20 years. So my 20th anniversary. It's crazy. And just to think about that, the average uh, marriage lasts in the U.S. about seven to eight years. So more than doubled the average, which is pretty good, especially if you're going to be married to someone like me. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of uh, a lot of dealing with some weird stuff. That's all I'm going to say. It's pretty crazy. And, and I just wanted to say things have been changing for the better. And I just noticed recently my wife posted a uh, kind of like a val- or an anniversary Valentine. And it was a Valentine's Day. I don't know what it was, but it was something where you list off all these things about your relationship. And for 19 years, we have argued and disagreed about how we met. My version, the correct version being that we met at this bar or like nightclub called Boogie Nights. She always said she saw me singing at a car at a bar called Rio Bravo. And uh I don't I don't remember I don't recall that at all. And also if you just see me somewhere, that doesn't mean we met. But anyways, this year she posted the correct one, which is Boogie Nights. So she's changing for the better. You know, we all have work to do. She's doing better. I like it. I like it. And she was also which which was weird, she was asking me all the questions as if I, I am the authority on our relationship, which Maybe I am. Maybe I am. But it's, it's pretty fun. 20, 20 good years. It doesn't feel like 50 years or anything. Don't worry about that. Um, but I wanted to say the, the, the fun part of our uh, the way we met and started dating is I actually had to chase her for a year. She wouldn't agree to date me. Um, so I had to try to come up with ways to get close. One of those ways I was just talking recently to some other people about it was, uh, she was dating this other guy who was clearly wasn't right for her. I knew it. She didn't at the time, probably deep in deep inside she did. But so I befriended him so I could move in a little closer, move in to take over. Right. And here's the, the fun part. He invited me on his softball team. I joined. I ended up taking his spot on the field while he rode the bench. And that was just a precursor to things to come. And so eventually, you know, I kept asking her on dates and she kept saying, no, I have a boyfriend. I can't go on a date with you. I'm like, come on. Even one day on the phone, I said, you know, we're going to end up married. You should thought that was ridiculous. I was just prophesying what was going to happen. Um, but also, here's, here's the nail in the coffin for the old boyfriend. I asked her to go to a wedding with me. Now, she was all about going to weddings. She loved weddings. 
And so she went to him and asked, can I go to a wedding with Adam? And he said, sure. <laughs> Fool. That was the day it turned. So, yeah, pretty soon we're dating. And she said that we dated for like four years before we married. I feel like that's a bit long. I think that it was much less. I think two years. So we still have a bit of a disagreement at the beginning. But what can you do? Um, but 20 years later, here we are. Happy and in a blissful marriage with no problems whatsoever. It's all rainbows and sunshine all the time. Good stuff. But today is fun day and uh, we're going to go out to eat. Nowhere fancy because we did that this past weekend. I was in, we went to uh, my sister-in-law's baby shower in Chicago land area. It was a quick in and out situation. I saw my mom, saw my aunt, my cousin, my in-laws. And one night we went out, which was Saturday night, and we went to one of our favorite restaurants, Fogo de Chao. That's how I say it. It's Fogo de Chao, but I like Fogo de Chao. And if you know, don't know what that is, that is a Brazilian steak um, steakhouse where they come by with every kind of meat you can think of and you just eat till you can't stand it anymore. And that's just so good. Um, the crazy part, I always, you know, we always look for the filet. That's our favorite cut of meat. Um, or they have uh, their signature one. They came by with top sirloin, which is like, I never get sirloin because it's like bottom of the barrel steak to me. That's like burger meat. It was so good. The top sirloin was the best the other night. Crazy. There was a couple next to us. Uh, the woman was this little little woman, like young, probably in her 20s. She was pregnant. And uh, I've never seen a couple eat so much food. They were there before we got there. We put it down for sure. They were still going strong as we left. I'm like, where? Now I know she's eating for two, but she wasn't that big. And I'm just telling you, I've never seen so much food go down the gullet of somebody as I saw the other day. It's crazy. It was impressive. I liked it. But speaking of eating too much, let's get back into the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 3, we get some weird scripture about eating. And uh, and here it is. So let's let's go on a journey, right? So Ezekiel 3, 1 through 4 said, And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat the scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat the scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And then he said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. Now before we really dive into this specific scripture, at the end of verse of chapter 2, Ezekiel was given the scroll and told to eat it then as well. So let's read that. So Ezekiel 2, 8 through 10. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like the rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. It, in it was a scroll, which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament, mourning, and woe. So. What do we know? We know God gives Ezekiel, who is the prophet, a priest, all that, a scroll with writing on both sides of it and was commanded to eat it. And it's a pretty strange request, right? You know, you might be, you might encounter God and he tells you to, you know, 
eat the scroll and you'd be like, thank you, God, for this scroll. But uh, I prefer to read it. Um, I don't know. I, I've i never eaten a scroll before. I don't. It's probably pretty bland. I don't know. It's. I mean, I've tasted paper before. Don't ask me why, but sure. But God repeats himself and commands him to eat it again. So in both chapter 2 and 3, Ezekiel is told to consume the scroll. And uh, we in the pastor business always say that when God tells us something, it's important. When he tells us twice, we better be listening. But why must Ezekiel eat the scroll before going to Israel? And I think uh, the reasons are very important to us and important to Ezekiel back X amount of years ago. Um, first, as a pastor or minister or teacher, someone who handles and teaches the word of God, we need to keep in our mind that we are always to be feeding ourselves. We feed ourselves by reading the word of God. Um, I tried eating a bit of the Bible once. It didn't end well. It didn't go well for me. No, I didn't. I didn't actually eat. That'd be pretty weird. What are you doing? Eating the Bible, you know, classic. But you know, we must be spiritually fed and that's done on a number of different levels and by being in scripture, sure. By attending a small group, discussing the scripture, yep. Uh, attending church service, learning more about, you know, what Jesus said and did through the teaching of scripture. And for Ezekiel, God needed him to receive, to internalize, and to digest the word of God before he could be a messenger to the people of Israel. Now I researched this a little bit, and Ezekiel didn't actually eat the scroll in the physical sense, but he did eat it in a vision that God gave to him, sort of a, you know, like a divine virtual reality setting. So even though it was a vision, it was still real to him. But back to the meaning of this. God, when he appeared and speaking to, to Ezekiel, didn't tell him to taste or sample the scroll. He told him to fill himself with it. And I was thinking most of the time, uh, us Christians are pretty much tasters and samplers of the word. Uh, when was the last time you truly filled yourself with the word? And then, but then again, we have to then ask yourself, how do we know when we are filled? When we read that when Ezekiel ate the scroll and it tasted as sweet as honey. So not only was the scroll, which is the word of God, sweet, but it's the, the sweetest thing that he could come up with. The, the sweetest thing he can imagine that being honey back so many years ago. But here's the cool thing about this. We have heard that God's word is sweet like honey somewhere else. Where, where have we heard that? From Psalm 119.103. It says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now if we take what Psalm 119.103 says, we know that there are countless scriptures in the Bible that when we read them, when we consume them, when we reflect on them, are sweeter than honey. And if you can't find a verse that's sweet and satisfying in the Bible, 
Well, your, your taste buds are dull and defective. Something's not working right. We should all be hungry for the word. We should all be filled with the word of God. We should all want to be satisfied by the word of God. And if you're not, you know, not interested, not hungry, then what? Well, does that mean you're filling yourself with other things? Things of this world? That's something you have to think about and wrestle with. Charles Spurgeon, who's, you know, famous theologian, uh, he said uh, regarding Psalm 119.103, which I'll read it again in case you uh, forgot. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So he was talking about that, and here's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. If the word of God be not very sweet to me, have I an appetite? Solomon says, the full soul loatheth and honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. It's old-timey talk, you know. Ah, when a soul is filled... When a soul is full of itself and the other world and of the pleasures of sin, I do not wonder that it sees no sweetness in Christ, for it has no appetite. And in that, the old-timey talk that he made, that's a King James version of Proverbs 27.7. I'll read the NIV uh, translation. One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. What does that mean? Well, we know that God's word is sweet. You know, it, it's it's we have so many um, scriptures and verses in there that just fills us, satisfies us, and is sweet to taste. But there's also a lot of scripture in there that's kind of hard to swallow, uh, kind of convicting to us, showing us that we have to change our ways. And even those bitter tastes are good to those who are hungry for the word. So, I know you're probably thinking many times, like, how many times is Pastor Adam going to talk about how we should be reading Scripture? A lot. Going to be a lot more, too, because it's something that we know we should be doing, but we don't. So many people are going Sunday to Sunday at church service. Well, I read a couple of verses up on the screen. That's good enough. It's not. We should be hungry for the Word. Don't you want to be satisfied? Don't you want to be filled with the Word of God? I, I feel like... If you give it a shot and start reading, you're going to be satisfied. You're going to see change and growth, and, and you're going to want it more every day. I hope you're going to be reading along with me in Ezekiel. I'm still going through it. Uh, I know a lot of people in my last podcast started uh, reading. They said that they'd read um, Jobadiah. That happened. And uh, so let's... Go ahead, start reading Ezekiel. I'll be in it again next week, probably. Yeah, I will. I'll find something in there we'll talk about. Pretty easy. So, yeah, there's that. Um, it's really what I have for you today. Got um, got a big day ahead of me, and I got to uh, plan some more 20th anniversary slash Valentine festivities. By the way, all those sad sacks out there that have to buy a gift, a Valentine's Day gift, and then another anniversary gift on another day, suckers. You got you to gotta plan these things better. You got to make them one day. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe maybe if you're engaged and you're like, we need to find a date, 
that's one thing to consider. Or maybe your wife's birthday. That's a good day to get married too. Cause then you double up, you know, you, you get rid of one gift giving, like it's a, it's a solid strategy. That's all I'm saying. So that's all I have. You have a good one. If you like this, share it, tell people about it, promote it, all that stuff. I'm talking about the podcast, you know, uh, have a good one. See you next week. Thank you.